0: How's everybody? How's everybody? Awesome. Well, awesome. if you have your Bibles, After go your Bible, ahead and turn to uh, Galatians 5. Uh, that's where we're going to get to eventually. But um, Galatians chapter 5. We're in the series, uh, Legacy in the Making, where we're talking about the legacy of the church. Uh, and it's an important discussion because every person, every organization, leaves behind a legacy. And in this series, we're asking, what is, so what is the legacy, is the of, legacy the of the church? When I say church, I, say I, mean church I mean Big C big church, church, right? The whole right. church. Not just our church, but the whole church. Uh, um, but the reason, the reason we've entitled we've the, legacy, the, in the legacy, legacy in the making, making, making is that, the, that legacy the legacy is still being, being written. written. Yes, there, yes, there yes, is a the legacy, legacy that, exists that exists that was left, that was left behind, behind by previous generations, generations. Some, good some good and some bad, but... Bad but the, reality the reality is, is that the legacy, the legacy is still being still written, written, and we get to, we be, get a to be a part in, in continuing in to write, write that, legacy. that legacy. You get to you be get a part in contributing to the legacy that's the legacy still, being, still written. being written. And I think we would, I think would all agree that we, we want to leave behind a legacy, legacy that, that would, would honor, honor and glorify God. 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 Right? Right? Alright, so last week we looked at at, um, this verse in Ephesians chapter 3, which was um, at the the end end of Paul's prayer, prayer, where he said, glory to to him in the church church, and in Christ Christ Jesus Jesus, Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever, amen. Amen. Now, there's absolutely absolutely no doubt that that God was glorified glorified in Jesus Christ, right? Everything he did, everything he said, pointed to him and glorified him. Um, but the question uh, the we're question exploring, exploring, is the, the church, church glorifying, glorifying God? God? Clearly, because that's the, that goal, the goal, that the church would the church glorify God. God. But then we asked, then we asked last we asked week, what, what does, it does it mean to actually, to actually glorify God? God. God? And as and always, as always scripture, scripture, interprets scripture interprets Scripture, and Second Corinthians 3 tells us that really the only way, way that we can glorify God is not by trying to manufacture some glory for Him, but by reflecting reflecting His glory. glory. See, in this chapter, in in, in 2 Corinthians 3, Paul is comparing the old way of of relating to God through the law to the new way of relating to God through faith in Jesus. In the old way, you had to earn your way into right standing with God through obedience to the law. But in the new way, we have right standing with God simply by believing in Jesus. Who came and, and and fulfilled the whole law, and God credited His righteousness to us if we believe in Him. Not only that, He stood in our place and died for our sins, thereby paying paying the price. He 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 satisfied the demand of death for all of us who believe in Him. Right, and so this, so this verse says so for all of us who have had that veil removed. He's talking about moving from old to new. For all of us who've had that veil removed, we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And then the other significant difference between the old way and the new way, which is also in this verse, is that for those of us who believe in Jesus, we have been set free from the bondage of sin. And having been set free from the bondage of sin, we are now free to be transformed Into the image of Christ. The second part of this verse says, And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. And it's in that transformation that we begin to reflect God's glory. Through a couple of things that we talked about last week. Two main things. Unconditional love and proclaiming the good news of Jesus, because that's the only thing that has the power to save, right? So that's the goal. That's what it means to glorify to glorify God. That people would look at you and say, thank God for God, that He would create that type of person. Or translate that to, to our church, that someone would look at the church and say, wow, you know, I don't even know if I believe what those people believe, but... Thank God for Thank God, God for God putting God. that church in our community. Where would they? Where would our community be without them? The problem is that when most people look at the church, their first thought isn't "Thank God for God for that church for, that church, for those people." For most people, when they look at the church, it might be something like, "What was God thinking?" Why would he use those people to represent him, 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 right? 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 Because the reality is that we have a legacy that isn't all positive. There are even some people who claim to be a church, part of the big church, who claim to represent God, um, who are really creating a really bad legacy right now. Some of you know exactly who I'm talking about. But when an individual church, who claims to represent God in the church, spends all of their time and energy proclaiming a message of hate, does that glorify God? You can, go ahead and, go ahead and no, some of you know what church this is. When that same church goes to the death, or goes to the funeral, funeral of fallen soldiers, soldiers with these with signs, signs, does that glorify, does that glorify God? God. <laughs> no. Or, or, or when another shooting takes place at a school and they mobilize their people to go there really quick and hold up these signs, does that glorify God? No. People look at that and they're they're not wondering what was God God thinking. They're thinking, thinking, if that's who God is, is, I don't want anything anything to do with Him. him." That's why it it is so so critically critically important important important. for us as individuals and for us as Life Journey Church 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 to to, to to glorify glorify God God simply by reflecting His His glory. glory. Through through unconditional unconditional love, love, And through the gospel of Jesus that has the power power to save. save. Okay, so that pretty much catches catches us us up from from last last week. week. Today I want to talk about about what happened happened to the church's church's legacy. legacy. See, beyond Beyond those those extreme extreme cases cases where so-called Christians are spewing hate, there's a large percentage of people who sort of resist the church. And so I want to kind of dig into why people... Resist church, so that, so that we as a church, as a church don't make the don't same make mistakes, mistakes, and people resist us resist as a church. church. Okay, okay. And I want to begin I with, I begin with, with what, I what I believe is the, is answer, the answer, answer to the question, to the question, question uh, and then we'll sort of unpack what it means. and And this is not, this is not a, a new problem; it's a problem that's gone on since the church began, and we'll see that here in, in our text in a minute. But the reason people resist church not because new things were added. But because Because old things things were added back in. 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 Now, to begin uh, unpacking unpacking this, this, we need to to sort of understand a few things. And the first of which is all world world religions religions are based based on on the temple temple model. model model. Okay? Okay? All world All world world religions are based on the temple model. Islam, Hinduism, um, Buddhism, Mormonism, every ism you can imagine. Uh, Even Judaism, all the way back to the Old Testament, is based on the temple model. Um, And in the temple model, there is, first of all, sacred places. And the sacred places are where the adherents of that religion believe their God God resides. Okay? Um, And then, then within the sacred sacred places, places, there there are sacred sacred texts. And the sacred sacred texts are the rules and regulations regulations that instruct instruct the the adherents of that religion how to live their lives. lives Okay? Now, the sacred texts almost always... Have, to be, have to be interpreted by sacred, by sacred men. 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 And so you have these, have these sacred, sacred men who, who interpret, interpret what is often what very author, complicated, complicated sacred, sacred texts, and then they and then tell they the sincere, sincere followers, followers, the, the, the sacred, sacred followers, followers, how they, how can, they please can please their God. Their God. Okay? So that's the temple model. And for those of us who have had any experience with religion, we had to follow this model to get to God. Right? Now, in this model, sacred men have had a lot of authority and power. They always have. They always have. Okay? Okay. And, throughout and throughout history, history that authority that, and power has been abused to, to manipulate, manipulate people, in people in some very ugly ways. Ugly ways. Anybody, Anybody that can, that tell, can the, tell the, the sincere, sincere followers, followers, Hey, you know what would really please God? God would be so pleased with you if you got into an airplane and you flew that airplane right into a building, killing thousands of people. And then you have these sincere followers who who believe these sacred men, and they go off and do horrible things, thinking they're pleasing their God. Sacred men have a lot of power. Anyone who gets to say, who goes to heaven and who goes to hell, has a lot of power through which they can manipulate people to do some pretty horrible things. And again, all world religions have been based on this model. Even Judaism in the Old Testament was set up this way. That's why Jesus always had really harsh words for the Pharisees, who were at that time the sacred men who were abusing their power against the people. Okay? But when Jesus came along, he didn't try to just make the temple model fit into what he was doing. When Jesus came along, he completely completely destroyed destroyed the temple model. model. So this this old old way of doing things was replaced replaced with a new way. way. And 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 in the new new way, way, there are no more sacred places. places. Matthew 28, 28, verse 18 18 through 20. 20, 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, disciples, I have been given all authority authority in heaven and heaven and and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says, I'm with you wherever you go. God doesn't doesn't reside in a sacred place anymore. He resides within us. We are the temple of the Lord. And so a lot of people, when they think about the church, they have a tendency to think about a building. right? But when Jesus talks about the church, he's talking about a gathering of people who follow him. He's like, no longer do you have to go to a sacred place that is somehow holy. Everywhere you step is holy. Because I'm in you. I mean, you guys understand that, right? Buildings aren't holy, right? People are holy. That's why we as a church can come here in in a middle school cafeteria and God's presence can be here with us. So no more sacred places and no more sacred texts that need explaining. In Matthew 5, verse 17... Jesus says, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. This is a really bold statement. Because in it, Jesus is saying, the entire Old Testament points to me. It it, it all leads to me. It is a huge sign that points to me. The Old Testament is like a cocoon that gave birth to me. And so no longer do you have to worry about these really complicated texts that have to be interpreted by someone else for you. In fact, I am going to make it really simple for you. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, all men will know but you are my disciple. Do you think all men knowing that people are Jesus' disciples glorifies God? Absolutely. If they know they're a disciple of Jesus, that glorifies God. So Jesus is like, hey church, your job is just to love people. Just be really loving people. Love the people around you. That's your main job. Well, what about about prayer? prayer? And and, and what about, about, you know, going to church church services? What about about church attendance attendance and all that? And Jesus is like, you know, all of that that is great. 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 And hopefully hopefully prayer and 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 being a part of the community of of believers believers helps you grow grow to be more loving. loving. But don't be known for those things. 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 Don't be known as a bunch of people who just pray. Don't be known as a bunch of people who show up to a certain place to have a service every Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The only thing you should be known for is that you love people the way I loved you. And then he goes on to say, "No more sacred men." John fourteen twenty six. Jesus says, "But the Counselor." The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He's like, not only is my message very simple, but you don't need sacred men to tell you what you should and shouldn't do because you have the Holy Spirit living inside you who's leading you, who's convicting you, who's prompting you how you should, live your, how you should live, your live, your live your life. This is why this the is role, the of, a role of a pastor in the new covenant, covenant is far different from the role, the role of a priest of in, the in the old covenant. This is another this is also why I hate it when people try to put certain titles on me. Like several years ago there was a guy in our church who wanted to call me reverend. And I'm like, reverend? Angel reverend? reverend? Angel reverend? If anything, I'm irreverent. Right? I'm like, look, dude. I am no different, different than, you. than you. The only difference is My God, God is called you to be, engineer, to be an engineer and he called me to be a pastor. pastor. We have the same Holy Spirit in us and we contend with the same weak flesh. I ain't special. And yes, being a pastor includes teaching. But the difference is what I teach isn't the final authority. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit in you you have the holy spirit in you who bears witness to what you hear and lets you and confirms whether it's truth or not right right in in 1 john 2 the apostle john says this i am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray but you have received the holy spirit and he lives within you so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true for the Spirit, the Spirit teaches, teaches you everything, everything you need to know, and He, and he teaches what, is, what true. is true. It is not a lie. Not a lie. Not a lie. Not a lie. Notice He didn't Notice say, you don't need anyone to need teach, anyone teach you, to period. period. Right? He didn't, say right. That. he didn't say that. He said, you don't need anyone, need anyone to teach, to teach, teach you what, what is, is, true. True. is true. The church needs it's teachers. True. But the Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit confirms what they teach, what they whether it's true or not. Does that make sense? You guys following? Okay. So, Jesus destroyed the temple model so that he could establish the new covenant. Couldn't have the new covenant without, if the temple model was still present, right? Jesus destroyed the temple model so he could establish the new covenant. Look at what he says in Luke 22. After the supper, this is at the last supper, right before he's arrested and taken to be crucified. After the supper, he took another cup of wine and said... This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And so he does exactly what he said he would do. He dies, he sheds his blood, and and the the new covenant is, is established, and the church is born. And the church grows like crazy. Thousands of people are getting added to it in the very early days. And, and everything is going really good. And they're, and they're characterized by this one command to love each other the way Jesus loved them. But then something started to happen. And you have to understand that in the earliest days of the church, all the believers were Jewish. Right? It started in Jerusalem, and it spread out from there. Um, I mean, they, these people spent their whole lives obeying Jewish customs and laws. Judaism was their religion. It's just what they did. And they loved this new thing that, that they had in Jesus, but they started to take some of the things from the old way and add them back in to what Jesus had started in the church. So, some, so of some of the believers Jewish believers started, started adding, elements adding elements of the Old, of the old covenant, 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 covenant back into the New Covenant. New covenant, new covenant, new covenant. Now, before we, and before we get before we real get critical of them, of them, most of y'all, have, y'all have done y'all have the same, done thing, same thing. Right? right? Um, um, so if you grew so up in any up kind, of kind of denominational, denominational or religion or, religion, religion, or, or, or legalism, legalism, legalism um, uh, and even and if you've even moved if you on with that from, that from that, from that my, my, guess my, guess my guess is there are elements there are of elements that of still that still has a tendency, a tendency to creep back in, back in right? In, right? Um, um, and you look and at other look denominations at and, the and the you, you think you they're weird, weird for some of the things they do, things they but vice versa, right? For example, how many of you grew up with a Catholic background? I'm not going to embarrass you, I grew up Catholic too, okay. How many of you grew up with a Baptist background, some form of Baptist, okay. So that's probably the majority of you. Um, now, so, so some of you grew up Baptist or Catholic, and you got, you know, you you have heard. You look at the you you look at the Baptists and you think, or you heard that they that they don't drink, right? And so you're like, you guys don't drink, and, and the Baptists are like, no, we're taught very we're taught early on that part of following Jesus means you don't drink. Right? right. And, so and so the Baptist asked the Catholics, Baptist do Catholics. you drink? And they're like, well, yeah, we drink in church. Drink in church. I mean, of course we drink. We drink. And the Catholics don't the understand Catholics why the Baptists don't drink and, drink. and they say, well, they say, well didn't, well, Jesus, didn't turn Jesus turn water into, water into, wine? into wine? And, and, and the Baptists are Baptist Baptist like, yeah, life. but it yeah. was an alcoholic wine. And so neither of you kind of understand each other, right? But this is how you grew up. And then the Baptist ask, well, wait. You guys have to to go to a a priest priest to confess your sins? And the Catholics are like, yeah, that's just how it's always been 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 done. done. Right? And so you have all these things things that we kind of pick up 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 along the the way. way, And and we'll we'll talk more about about that in in the next couple weeks. But today I want to set up how this looks like in the historical context of Galatians 5. So, so the church so has the taken off. It's, off, it's growing like crazy, it's grown beyond the Jewish people, it's, it's, it's gone, gone out, gone into, gone Asia out Asia into Asia, and, 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 and all and throughout and the, all the Mediterranean. Mediterranean, Paul's planting, Paul's planting churches, churches everywhere. everywhere, and one of and the one churches, of that, churches Paul that Paul planted was in a city, in a city called Galatia. 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 But there was this group, was this group this of group other, of people, other people, people who kept following Paul around. They would come in behind him, and these people were called Judaizers. And the Judaizers were Jewish Christians who couldn't let go of some of the old ways. And they were actually coming behind Paul, teaching these new believers in in Gentile cities, non-Jewish cities, that they had to convert to Judaism if they wanted to follow Jesus. And that meant a lot of things, right? But one of the things in particular that Paul addresses here in this text was that all these Gentile men were going to have to be circumcised. So, I mean, so, you can imagine, I can imagine, you know, that didn't go that over didn't well go in the new members class. Members class. Um, <laughs> so, so <laughs> Paul gets word gets of this, and this. He, just he just lights into them. Into them. Here in Galatians, Galatians 5. five. Look, at verse one. Look at verse 1. It is for freedom, freedom. 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 that Christ has Christ set, set us set free. 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 Stand, Stand firm, firm then, then, and do not do let not yourselves, yourselves be burdened, be burdened again, again. By a yoke of slavery. Can I just say, if your version of Christianity doesn't feel like freedom, you're doing it wrong. And if that's you, I'll be more than happy to sit down with you and slaughter some sacred cows, okay? I love doing that. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Now remember, Paul himself was Jewish and so he himself was circumcised, so he was not necessarily against this procedure. But in the context, he is very much against what it represented. Right? In other words, you can't mix the old covenant with the new covenant. Some things just don't mix. Verse 3, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law you who are, trying, you who are to trying to be justified by, justified law, by law have been alienated from alienated Christ. Christ you have fallen, you have fallen away, away from grace. 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 grace let me illustrate what he's talking about here, talking about here. i have this, I have um, this uh, gift, card gift card to, to piata, piata. It's, a it's a new restaurant new in frisco, new restaurant. frisco. And it's worth twenty five bucks. Okay. So what if so what after if, service, after I, came service I came up to you and said, "Here, I want you here. to have this, you have this this gift this card to Piata. It's a yeah. great new you're Italian you're restaurant. You're gonna, it. gonna love and it. it." And what if you're so like, what um, you're like, like um, "You know, what? I don't know. I don't know if I can really. I don't. I don't know if I can, I if I can, take, I can that take that from take you. That you. You know. How about. How about if I give you ten bucks for it?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, I really wanted you to have it, but okay. Here, I'll take your ten bucks, and then we make a swap, right?" At that, at moment, that this moment, this ceases, ceases to become, become a, a gift card. Gift card. It's, just a it's just a discount card at that part. Because you, you paid something paid for it. You made an exchange, for it, exchange for, it, for it. Right? right? You exchanged exchange something, something for, it. for it. So what Paul is saying here about grace is that the moment, the moment you start to bargain, bargain with, God, with God, whether it's, whether it's circumcision, circumcision or how much you have to pray, pray each day, day or not drinking or whatever, whatever. The moment moment you try to bargain bargain with God to get his love and acceptance, acceptance, it ceases ceases to be grace. Grace Grace is the distinguishing distinguishing characteristic characteristic of the new covenant. 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 What Paul's saying is you can't earn earn it. it. You don't deserve deserve it. it. You can't attach attach strings strings to it. it. It's grace. grace. It can only be given given, and it can only be received. And the moment moment you try to exchange something for it, it it ceases ceases to be grace. grace. Verse 5. But by by faith 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 we eagerly eagerly await through the Spirit the the righteousness for which which we hope. hope, hope. For in Christ Christ Jesus Jesus, neither circumcision circumcision nor uncircumcision uncircumcision has any value. value. The only thing thing that that counts 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 is faith Expressing itself itself through luck. luck. Man, what a statement. The The only thing thing that counts is faith faith expressing expressing itself itself through through luck. luck. What? 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 Really, Paul? Paul? The only thing that counts is faith. Expressing, yourself, expressing through itself through love? Self, Have, yourself. You Have you seen, seen how, how thick the Bible is? Bible is? And you're telling and me this is the, the only thing that, that counts? Yep. Yep. The only thing that counts one is, counts is th- faith expressing, expressing itself, expressing itself, itself through, love. through love. What he's saying, what he's saying is he's the same thing, thing, that, thing the that the Apostle John said in First John. Um, in First John, if you've ever read through First John, you'll notice that the apostle is continuing to build this argument that if you say you're a Christian, there better be some fruit there, right? And that fruit ought to be love. And he gives several examples of that, right? And then he says this in chapter four: God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. That's an awesome display of love, isn't it? Love, isn't it? Right? right? God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son in the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. That's his proof right there. That if we love each other, it's proof that God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. In other words, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. See, both of these texts are basically saying this, this, that that, that God's God's love and acceptance acceptance is given to you freely freely. by grace. All you've got to do is receive it. it. You can't earn it, and and you don't deserve deserve it. it. He gave it to you you freely. freely. And having received such an overwhelming overwhelming gift gift of God's love, the natural natural expression expression should be that we give that same love out to other people. And see what, see, what happens in the temple, in the temple model, 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 model is that it's is always it's about our about vertical relationship, relationship with God, God right? right? You're always like, God, how am I doing? Am I doing? Are, 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 we okay? are we okay? Am I praying enough? Am I okay? okay? You know, do you still love, you still love me? me? You know, how are we doing? Are we doing? Right? It's always right? about always worrying about, about how you stand with God. God. That's, the That's the temple model. model. That's why... That's the way it was in the the Old Testament, Testament, and that's the way it is in every single world world religion. religion. But if you're a Christian, if you've trusted in Jesus' sacrifice sacrifice for your sins, 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 that it was enough. That 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 believing in Him him puts you in right standing with God. That believing in Him makes you you an adopted adopted son or daughter of God. God, That believing in Him pays the price for all of it. Past, present, and future then why would you ever question if you and God are good? And why would you ever try to go back to the temple model to try and earn love and acceptance? If you've accepted the free gift of grace through Jesus, then the only thing that counts is is faith in Jesus expressing itself through lo- by loving others? All right, let's move on. Verse seven. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? What kind of pers- or that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you? A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whomever he may be. Brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision, then why am I being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Ouch. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, use your freedom for this, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. Now again, now again, don't confuse don't what he's saying here, say Just love your, your neighbor as yourself, yourself, as a command to us. What's he referring to? referring to? He's referring to the law, to the law right? right? This, this line, the line, love your neighbor as yourself, shows up, shows up in the New Testament eight times. Eight times. Eight times. And every, every single time, time it's in, it's in reference to the law. To the law. Every,
1: every, single, every time. Single, time.
0: single time. It's always, it's always, always in a discussion, a discussion or in reference to the law. Okay? Okay? And the law pointed pointed to who? who? Jesus, right? The law pointed pointed to Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus Jesus came and showed us a new way to love. love. And then he told us us to go and do do the same. same. Love Love others others as I have loved loved you. 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 The point he's making making here here is that everything, it all comes down to love. All the law of the prophets comes down to love. Everything Jesus was Jesus here for comes down to love. More. Everything we live everything our life for comes down to, down to love. That's it. That's it. The, bottom That's it. the bottom line. And the temple and the model temple does, temple does, does, help does not help us. Help us. Help us. Because, because, focusing, because on focusing on sinning, sinning less, less, less doesn't, necessarily, doesn't lead necessarily lead to loving, loving, more. The loving, the loving more. But focusing, so on focusing on loving others, others always leads to less sin. And we tend to get those things confused sometimes. And Some of you have made the Christian life all about sinning less. And you're back in bondage just like Paul was talking about. The reality is everything we do ...should be motivated out of love. Paul said the only thing that counts... ...is faith... ...expressing itself through love. Faith in Jesus... ...expressing itself through love. And whatever you do... ...don't try to add the old... ...back in the neck. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for so great salvation, for such incredible freedom, God. There's probably not a single one of us here who haven't experienced some sort of religious bondage. And maybe we needed to get a taste of that so that we would understand how awesome it is to be free in you. But God, I pray that we would that we would stay there, that we wouldn't go back. To the old way. I I pray, Father, that we would flourish in the new way. that, That your love would just completely transform us from the inside out. And it would just gush out everywhere we turn. That we're just overflowing with your love. With every person we meet. And every conversation we have. And every interaction we have with another human being. That your love is being poured out of us. That we're just this pipeline of love. To other people. That's what it's all about. God, I pray for all of us. For us as a church. That we would glorify you in this way. That we would love people in such a way that they experience being loved by Jesus through us that we would be able to love people the way you love us. Change us, God. Transform us. Make us into these outrageously loving people, God. So that in the in the end, we can glorify you above all things. If you're here this morning, you feel like You've been back in bondage. That you're just like the Galatians. That you've allowed some of the things from the old to come back in and, and kind of pollute what you have in Jesus. If that's you and you want to be set free, just raise your hand right where you are. See that hand. Anyone else, if you, if you feel like you've got, you're bound up and your experience with Christ doesn't feel like freedom you want to be set, you to free, be set today. free today. Thank you. thank you. Father God, I Father thank God, you I so, thank much so much for this one who raised his hand, his hand, hand and as a sign of God, surrender and sacrifice, and sacrifice to, you, to you, God. I pray, Father, that, Father you that you would do what only you can, only can do, do and transform him from, him from the inside out. Inside invade his, his heart, heart with such, with such overwhelming, overwhelming love, love God. I pray that pray that that as he's done what only he can do by surrendering, that you do what only you can do by miraculous transformation. Thank you, God. God, I thank you for for all of us here. I pray that you would help all of us to grow in this. Because I all know, God, that I know that we all have these little tendencies to kind of do little things to try and get your attention. Hope you noticed. Hope you love me for this, God. We can't earn any of it. He demonstrated his love for us by sending Jesus to die for you. can't get any greater than that. God I, thank God, you I thank you God, I thank you for your overwhelming, your overwhelming love. love. I thank you that thank you made you it possible, possible, possible for us to be recipients and givers and give of that, same, that love. same love. Help us to be Help that. To be we, that. Be we, pray that. we pray these, things, we pray in these things, things in Jesus' name. And everyone, everyone said, Amen. 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 "Amen." All right, Amen. our rushes are coming.